some in the morning. That is one big pile of shit. You talking to me? Hasta la vista, baby. Hello and welcome to Commando Prompt, a podcast where we watch and review action movies through a critical lens. I am one of your hosts, Ethan Willard. And I'm Johnny Gaynor. And today we are talking about 1997's Armageddon. Yes. Which is is gonna be is gonna be a lot. And I'm gonna take a little bit of a different approach on this one. I'm not gonna run through all the plots. I think I'm just gonna like <laughs> talk about how we feel about the movie, talk about like the major the broad beats of the story, things like that. Because I'm not gonna fuck it. This is a two hour and a half long movie. And it's also just not enough meat on it yeah. to really get through. I also feel like I have a very loose grasp, even though I just watched this movie, of what happened in the movie. <laughs> no, I get it. I don't think it's totally obviously scientifically accurate, so there's not a lot of ground to hold on to. This this movie are you familiar with the movie The Core? No. Oh. As a movie you would like, it is an absolute it's like the so picture the problem isn't coming from above it's coming from below yeah the core the earth's core has stopped spinning i love that shit and they have to start it up again with <laughs> nuclear weapons <laughs> all right all it right. is a trash fire of a movie and and this reminds you of it yeah big oh, okay. t- uh, the core came out after but yeah interesting um it is very bad but right, i'll check it out this movie is deranged yeah it's well you you aptly i think called it unhinged mm-hmm. it has moments of spectacular um, writing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some great dialogue i there's two things about michael bay movies sure. especially in the 90s one I'm almost convinced that it is a requirement that he puts into everybody's contract to snort rails of Adderall 24-7. Make him just totally wild. Everybody's energy is the the camera, the the editing, the directing, the character performances. I've never really looked into (laughs) who he is as a filmmaker. Transformers. Right. I mean, I know that. But then I actually was like reading about what it's like to be on set with him. Oh, boy. Is he nice? No. Oh, boy. (laughs) No, and it sounds like he's on fucking speed and everyone else is on speed. And like, it's like very cutthroat. It it sounds like they show up to set and he's like, we got 30 minutes to do this fucking thing. Oh, my God. You better get in gear. I mean... Yeah, his his latest movie that got a lot of praise uh, called Ambulance. Oh, okay. With uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And I forget the other gentleman's name. Everybody really likes that movie. I thought it was fine. Uh, again, very unhinged performances uh, and very unhinged just like story direction and pacing. Right. Um, yeah, that is, that is interesting. So like for f- folks who are not familiar i'll just say this really quick um and then we can we can go from there oh also the second thing is i imagine that it uh michael bay 
if when he writes these movies or whoever he gets to write these movies, he's like, please write the movie in all caps. Yeah. <laughs> Just to really reflect how I feel. There, put, the, put the cap lock I on. See, everyone is shouting. Well, maybe, yeah. Maybe that's the problem. Uh-huh. Maybe he's got an old computer. Caps locks is broken. Just yeah. on. And so when they get a script, they're like, all right, I guess we just got to yeah. elevate it. Um, Armageddon was after The Rock, correct? Right. Yes, yeah. I saw that. Um, and then Michael Bay has done like Bad Boys, uh, Transformers, like yeah. we said, which yeah. is, I think that is when his reputation started getting a little bit more derided. Right. Um, he's also done things like, didn't he do Pearl Harbor? I... I I wish I knew off the top of my head, but it was another like war movie, not Saving Private Ryan. No, 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 no. That's no. Please don't say that. You know what? It was no, no. I'm kidding. No, Saving Private Ryan came out. Oh, the he, same he did year. Pearl Harbor. Okay. Yeah. No, Saving Private Ryan came out the same year. That's why I'm thinking about and it. And it was the only so movie much better. It grossed more than otherwise. This would have been the top grossing movie. Pearl Harbor was back in the VH day. VHS days came on two tapes because it was That's so long. Cool. That's pretty cool. Like Titanic. Little intermission. Yeah. Switch the tapes out. Yeah. Um, Same Pride Ryan is 100% a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we keep getting into the meat of this movie, uh, my question for you today is a question that my wife gave me this Interesting. morning. If a disaster happened right now, what would you do? Mm, well, this is similar to the zombie one. But right now. Right now, now like, like we're, recording we're recording the podcast. Uh-huh. Honestly, and it it kind of reminds me like I don't want to talk about another movie, but Don't Look Up mm-hmm. recently came out, mm-hmm. and I think the like that ending, not that you know, that not to give nice away a spoiler. Ending. I I think what's really important. I'm not gonna do anything. What, what am I supposed to do in a disaster other than what I think that movie kind of illustrates is like just be present with the people that you're around and you care yeah. about. Are we assuming that the that the disaster happening right now is a comet? Yeah, I kind of did. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like just because going off of Armageddon. I'm just picturing it's like you can't stop this. You can't. Like they show bunkers and stuff in Armageddon, like people getting in bunkers. Oh, yeah. That's I'm not like, a bunker guy. Yeah. I'm just like. I just want to be present with people I care about. Unless you have a straight up fallout shelter, I don't think it's going to do much. No, no. I wish I had a funnier answer, but I've been thinking, I don't know It why. doesn't have to be funny answers. No, no, but <laughs> I wish I, I don't know. Being present and just enjoying the last moments, I guess. Yeah. And we're in a nice, really serene sort of place. Thank you. For the listeners. It's got a beautiful sort of... Don't walk out there because it's littered in goose poop. Well, maybe I'll... Try and find the enjoyment in that. Yeah. In my last moments alive. <laughs> There's the funny part. That's you, true. You could slip on some goose poop. Geese are not funny, though. No, they're Fuck evil. Geese. I hate them. <laughs> I actually, I, I can't say I hate them, but uh, I understand. The wedding I was at yesterday, there was a bunch of geese swimming all over the place, and everybody's being like, oh, look at the geese. I was like, guys. In your heart, you're like, <laughs> these fuckers are from hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would you do, though? Um, so I didn't immediately think of Comet. I thought of like Flood oh, okay. or Cloverfield. Okay, yeah, the, the usual. <laughs> Giant alien coming out of the Hudson yeah. or... 
The first thing I would do, and I guess I have the luxury of because this question is happening right now, I would go find my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only problem. I like I was saying I'd enjoy with the time of like people I care about. I'm with somebody I care about. Yeah, we I, would figure out how to get Spencer. I'd here. probably yeah, I try, try and get my wife. <laughs> Yeah, just to save you some face, you would definitely try. And get oh her. my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, with Armageddon, like, <laughs> I guess I get, uh, I get. I mean, this is probably above a bunch of people's pay grade, but I know the government has like some sort of like contingency plans in terms of like doomsday events. Well, they I've just read about those. Yeah. They just tried Armageddon. <laughs> Like a year ago, where they tried to oil rig a comet. <laughs> well, let me. Yeah, what they did was they sent a bunch of roughnecks. <laughs> they recently sent a maybe it was an extra heavy satellite into an asteroid to see if it would oh, do anything. Interesting. Oh, you didn't see this? Mm-mm. So, like last year, there's video from NASA that they strapped. I don't know a camera on a satellite and they just sent it into an asteroid to see. Whoa. If it would do anything, do what? Like, can you affect the trajectory from the the weight of the satellite hitting it? Can you manipulate its velocity spin? I don't know. Um, And it was just a really interesting, like I showed it to my students just out of this idea of like, why did we record it? Mm -hmm. Like from a media perspective of like, we Mm -hmm. videotape the satellite just crashing into an asteroid. Yeah. So yeah, the, the government definitely is trying to figure this out. Yeah. Because they must be concerned. Yeah. In the excellent film Starship Troopers, Mm. they have a defense force in the atmosphere with big guns that shoot comets. Okay. I mean, we, Trump, very, very smart. Very, very good move on his end. Created the the Space Force Army. He did? Oh, yeah. God, I need to. I'm not making any of this stuff. I know. I believe you. Yeah, he created like an army for space. Oh yes, yes. Uh, this is all coming. Are they gonna fight comets? Probably not. Are they gonna fight bugs? Maybe. Maybe. Have you seen Starship Troopers? No. Oh. I know. I I've heard other people say it's oh. good. Yeah. For how cheesy that movie is, it is a excellent commentary on the military industrial complex. Okay, cool. Um, and I think it's supposed to be. But then after the first one, obviously, you know, there's been like at least five direct-to-video sequels. Mm, mm. Um, Good, good, good. And just want to make clear, don't support Trump, either of us. No, no, no. That was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Creating a Space Force army is not a very smart... Just making sure. Very leftist podcast here. But... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it, it was... I'm assuming it came in line with like the idea of commercial space exploration. Yeah. Where they're like, well, if we're going to allow people in space, we obviously have to have an army up there. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking dumb. Yeah. Um, Remember when we did the Resident Evil episode that I apologized at the top? Yeah. I'm going to have to apologize again because I've been playing Diablo 4. Ah. And it is all I can think about right now. So I might okay. subconsciously rush us through this episode. Oh, I thought you were going to say make references to it. And I'm like trying to connect the, the dots. Because <laughs> all I want to do right now is play Diablo. Like Armageddon, Diablo. I mean, Diablo is uh, basically all about hell. Okay. So. Yeah. yeah. A comet coming to Earth is like, man, that's hell on Earth right there. 
Does Armageddon? I should look up what the word means. I, guess I would it imagine. Really... Wait, yeah, it is kind of. It's like the reckoning, like a yeah. day of reckoning, right? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what it is. Because really, and just to get us back on the movie, the whole movie leads up to a moment of like the comet is coming, mm-hmm. and we didn't fix it. <laughs> and so get ready and you don't really see the public a lot in this movie reacting to it but there is like a in armageddon right, yeah but there's like a moment of reckoning towards the end where everyone just starts running into like i don't know their bunkers or their yeah. basements and like holding each other and we'll get to what happens but it's like a day of reckoning mm-hmm. yeah do you want to get into the production zone yeah, I'll let you know a couple things. <laughs> I cannot wait. <laughs> well, first of all, talking about Michael Bay. Like, I know Michael Bay from Transformers. Mm-hmm. I don't seek out his movies or know he much more about him. four Transformer movies? Okay, I, I figured he was the major. I'm, I think he did, trans, he did Transformers 1 and 2. He definitely did do tr- Transformers 3. All those still had Shia LaBeouf. And then I'm pretty sure he directed the one with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, good. <laughs> that lines up. Um, yeah, he. Uh, so he's obviously on board. And then you also have uh, the producer um, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Ah, yes. yes. Mr. Bruckheimer. Just looking at him, he seems like a Michael Bay adjacent type dude. So, yeah, I mean, Jerry Bruckheimer, he was more like i would say like between 95 to 2000 to like 2005 were probably like the peak of his like movies but he did like remember the titans black hawk down action big big movies big production yeah this obviously had a major budget 140 million grossing 553 million what major profit oh my god Highest grossing film of 1998. Oh, wait. Uh, did it? Was it released in 98? You said 97. I saw, I saw both na- numbers. Okay. I don't know if this came out like it was one of those December releases. I could have swore IMDb said 97. But I've seen both, honestly. This, so this is why be. you don't believe things on the internet. Yeah. No, don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was definitely around that time. Oh, yeah. It was 98. My bad. No worries. Um, mixed reviews from critics, as you really? can imagine. Yeah. I thought... Oh, yeah. I thought because, like you said, the way they throw money at Michael Bay, critics just kind of like shrug, be like, sure, it's fine. Yeah. I don't know. High grossing, stacked cast. Were there any other movies as big as it at the time? Saving Private Ryan beat it. Oh. So it was the highest grossing film in 98, and then Save It Private Ryan came out and beat it. Whoa. Yeah. So those two are competing, I guess, the big ones at 98. I wonder. For some reason, in my mind, Saving Private Ryan doesn't seem like as big of a budget because it's like all about stuff on the ground, but it probably did have like a pretty significant budget. Yeah. The special effects in this film go bonkers. Like In Armageddon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine where a lot of this money went, but it, I would assume some of there. A lot of the money did not go to Bruce Willis's contract. Really? He was cast in the film as a part of a three-picture deal um, that he cut with the studio to compensate for the disillusion of 1997's Broadway Brawler. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but he received a significant pay cut for the picture as a part of the deal. Oh. So Bruce Willis was not in it 
Other Ooh. than for the love of the game. I was going to say that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. But <laughs> interesting to me that, you know, like how directors have like people that they work with a lot, like more right. than it's like actors and right. stuff like Martin Scorsese with Leonardo da Vinci. Um, uh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Leonardo da Vinci? Oh, my God. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Jesus Christ. I was, doing, I was like, Martin Scorsese. Woo! Nope, nope. Just got Da Vinci Code on the brain because of my wedding speech yesterday. Yes, yes Ethan's coming back from a, a, what, from what I hear, a beautiful wedding. Speech. It was a very beautiful wedding. Andy, if you're listening, beautiful wedding and I love you. Yeah, and the speech went well? Yes, it was my best friend's wedding. I was the best man. And I made several jokes about the Da Vinci Code. And that's and, all I'll and say Leonardo about And Leonardo Da Vinci. Yes. Uh, Caprio. Yes. Yes. Caprio. Um, yeah, but it's it potentially potentially notable that like the big movies that Michael Bay is known for largely have like differing casts. Mm. There's no, I I can't really think of many like returning people right, to right. his movies, which might comment on him not being fun to work with. Right. That's yeah. I could see that. Yeah, he doesn't seem like people want to maybe mm-hmm. i'll get into that in a minute but guess, yeah, so. except shia labeouf yeah oh yeah he, yeah he kept going back and he seems fun to work with too uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah he obviously bruce willis had to take this cut so the budget was going towards that 2.6 million dollars was allotted to super bowl advertising <laughs> um so it must have been an early 98 film if they were advertising in february yeah yeah so um yeah michael bay big budget um nine writers worked on the script five of whom are credited jj abrams is one of them (laughs) things are really starting to line up it really makes sense because there's a lot of lens flare in this movie yeah oh yeah (laughs) it just feels yeah it feels not that jj abrams had any like impact on the cinematography or anything but well the writing aspect the fact that he wasn't part of the writing is really interesting so Deep Impact is being written. And mm-hmm. as a just a clarifying note, Deep Impact came out the same year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a film with a very, very similar storyline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was produced by Disney. What? Yeah. DreamWorks. Is that Disney? No, Don't. DreamWorks is not Disney. No, no. DreamWorks is doesn't matter it doesn't matter (laughs) somebody over there was at a round table of writers okay and the the original script writer who they don't name at least in the notes i was taking Uh oh was just creating armageddon listening to deep impact Uh oh yeah i'm not (laughs) not saying it's like a direct ripoff but they say it was a direct response to huh so they kind of just like started coming up with this idea based on deep impact and this does happen in hollywood from time to time where you get two movies that come out within the same year that are like super almost identical i don't know what's going on recently but the same thing happens with documentaries oh yeah like the fire festival thing i watched when stock 99 had two oh yeah yeah yeah. i don't understand why like music documentaries also do that people just need different angles to the drama i guess so different and i will eat that shit up yeah i i like it too Mm -hmm. i'll watch both um but yeah deep impact comes out uh it's clearly noted as more scientifically accurate what yeah armageddon's not so good but you haven't seen deep impact right no yeah so having seen deep impact as a kid from what i remember much more grounded yeah yeah this is this is much more like you're saying like 
big budget action of drama. Uh-huh. Where it sounds like Deep Impact had more. I don't know words to. to yeah. <laughs> to there, it, it, yeah, the characters just felt way more relatable. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but yeah, so Armageddon comes out, huge success. Um, <laughs> there is a disclaimer at the end of the credits that the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, which is NASA. <laughs> Cooperation and assistance does not reflect or endorse the the contents of the film or the treatment of the characters depicted therein. Good for them. Good but for you, NASA. What is it? I had a question for you because you seem I don't know. You obviously have a lot of good knowledge about I've directors and movies. Yeah, in space. Um, why does Michael Bay it seem like get unrestricted access to not only like cities but mm-hmm. government things? So I have like production notes that. NASA allowed them to go into like super highly secretive areas to film. And it, Michael Bay apparently was the one who, in quotes, did the persuading. I truly do not know why he, from the jump, it seems, was just thrown money at him. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, like just looking at, I, like, looking at IMDb, it looks like his first major movie was Bad Boys 1. Oh, which had uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in it, and like, and then from there he did The Rock, right. which had Sean Connery, Nick Cage, a bunch of other people. And we've talked about that. Yeah, and I, it must be just, it's good to be a white guy in the '90s, honestly, oh, yeah. uh, and it, and good to be like a, because I mean he's, I think he's in like his '60s now, so he must have just been like starting. He just turned fifty-eight. Um, but. Yeah, I I could not possibly tell you because I think a lot of his uh, a lot of his movies I don't think deserve the praise that no. they get. <laughs> not at all, but they're which I think has been correctly recognized recently. It is. And that yeah, you can like look at a lot of critical takes on Michael Bay and it's like I don't know, it's like junk food. Like yeah. people like to watch it, but no one's like raving about how good it is. There are better junk food directors out there. Yeah. Roland Emmerich being one of them, the director of Independence Day. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, he apparently persuaded NASA to allow them into the neutral buoyancy lab where they practice like anti gravity, <laughs> a sixty five million gallon forty foot deep pool to train astronauts. Oh my god. Uh, they allowed them to use the the ten million dollar spacesuits that you see them wearing. You know, and now that you're now that I'm thinking about it, it also might be due to Jerry Bruckheimer, who was a oh. pretty major producer at the time. Not only that, um, both of these boys are very big into conservative uh, donations. And I don't know what that's to do with government agencies so cool, much. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> but Jerry Bruckheimer has an interesting past of like donating to some CD Republican candidates. It's um, not surprising at all. No, these this is and I even made notes. I was like this is a dying breed of like a classic sort of conservative filmmaker. Yeah, you I don't mean don't get to see that anymore as a big budget film. I, like, I yeah, you used to see Jerry Bruckheimer productions on so many movies, you yeah. don't really see him anymore. No. And I'm like I this is a legitimate critique but nothing, you know, in positive favor of conservatism, but Hollywood's pretty liberal washed. Like you can't make a conservative, like big budget movie. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's all dull bullshit liberal stuff. I'm not saying it's cool, like good po- politics. Yeah. But, but like, you're not gonna see like even Top Gun. Seems like it could have been like, um, 
a nationalist type thing and it's mm-hmm. i heard it was pretty neutral as far as politics goes yeah i would uh i would say more often than not hollywood probably wants their movies to be as apolitical as possible right. because the choosing a side doesn't sit right with them but then you also have i would say a fair amount of like uh conservative like dog whistling movies uh <laughs> just by way of having actors that are hyper conservative like people right. like jim caviezel who yeah. is like if you ever read about him he's terrible he's like he loves QAnon and shit yeah um was also in passion of the christ oh, play jesus <laughs> oh okay yeah, yeah uh people like mel gibson yes exactly stuff like that yeah. the dog whistling yeah but yeah so jerry bruckheimer's got an interesting past a uh, few more production notes i'm going long here but yeah you're good um it's a long movie. One of my favorites is uh, Ben Affleck asks. So the premise of this film is asteroid coming to Earth. Mm-hmm. They need to stop it. Mm-hmm. So instead of sending astronauts up there, they send oil rig workers or what they call roughnecks. And so Ben Affleck, who's one of the the oil rig, I think roughnecks, you're about to say something that I was going to comment on. Well, he asked. Uh, Michael Bay, why is it easier to train oil drillers to become astronauts than it is to train astronauts to become oil My drillers? biggest question of the movie. And the literal quote he said is, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> was what he said back to Ben. To ben. So, yeah, one of the things I was going to say about this movie is apparently the commentary over the movie is amazing because it's Ben Affleck, Bruce Willis, and Michael Bay. <laughs> and throughout the entirety of the movie, Ben Affleck is just poking <laughs> holes in the plot. He clearly had a problem with yeah. it. And then not only that, later I read that Bruce Willis has later stated that he did not care for Michael Bay's directing style or him as a person and refuses to work with him ever again. See? There's something going on. Um, yeah, it, it's wild to me like how many... like heavy hitter actors are in the, like i mean obviously ben affleck was like that was pretty early on in his career but like still he was he was doing some big stuff yeah and i'm like i'm like pretty chill with ben affleck I like just like i've read recently about his production company and it's like pretty like socialist minded and oh, okay. uh like cooperative and like pro labor and stuff like that yeah um bruce willis Seems like a nice guy. I'm a big Bruce Willis fan. He's going through some shit right now. Yeah. Um, Billy Bob Thornton? Like, what the <laughs> hell? Owen Wilson? Steve Buscemi? Steve Buscemi? Yeah. Um, who else is in this fucking... Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who else is in this movie? William Fishner. Who's that? Uh, he's the, the colonel who is not affiliated with... He's like the flight captain who teaches them how to like be in space. Uh, oh, right, right. I can't think. He's in another shit. He's in. Is he in the Terminator? I'm just gonna throw that out there. We'll say yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we have. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking. He's about. He's in the Terminator, right? No. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, Michael Clark Duncan as Bear. Fucking Peter Stormare. Yeah. Uh, who's like. He he actually shows up in another Michael Bay movie, Bad Boys Two. Um, it's a stacked cast. Fucking Keith David, Jason Isaacs. There's so many people in this movie. Um, and is it better for it? Who could say? I think it. To me, so like Ethan and I were talking before the podcast about the movie, as we do, and you obviously 
had some thoughts about it being like you know just a general unhinged shit show but mm. something about this era a stacked cast mm-hmm. good drama mm-hmm. i this is like a warm glass of milk for me oh yeah it's so chocolate com- milk baby so comfortable yeah it's an insanely comfortable movie to watch it's so dumb oh yeah i i i don't blame you at all i have tons of movies like that but like you're saying it has to be the cast that makes it feel like that yeah we're gonna have to have a long conversation about steve buscemi's character at some point <laughs> in what way uh i hated him okay yeah it's uh, not great there's nothing good about it and we'll get there but yeah so that's that's largely the cast i think i named every the the main, the main people, people like yeah. the oil rig crew is bruce willis ben affleck steve buscemi uh owen wilson bear whoever that was uh yeah something now i forget his name yeah um yeah Uh, and then billy bob thornton is the nasa dude more like billy bob thurman i wrote down because his name is dan thurman in the show oh good nice that was a good joke dude (laughs) (laughs) no i'm personally not a big billy bob head i like him for some reason he's got i mean his energy works he just reminds me of someone my dad would have been friends with when I was a kid. Did your dad also carry uh, a vial of his partner's blood around his neck? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that he did that with Angelina Jolie nope. when they were together? Nope. Yeah. I was just reading about him because of this movie, and they were known for their intense PDA and oh, having God. vials of each other's blood around they their neck. They are not. I mean, I'm sure a young Billy Bob is probably more attractive. Nope. I saw pictures. <laughs> Sorry, Billy, if She's you're listening. way out of his league, right? Can you imagine if Billy Bob Thorne is listening to this podcast? That would be amazing. But yes, she is way out <coughs> of way, his league. Yeah. But I like, I mean, I don't know. He's got nice swag. She's also a much better actor than him. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. Well, I shouldn't say, oh, yeah. I don't think he's a terrible actor. No, me, no, no neither do I. But she's definitely better. Um, I'd rather watch... Yeah. yeah tomb raider that might come up at some point yeah i know your wife really wants us to watch that movie yes she does we were gonna watch it the other day and then i don't know what happened armageddon armageddon happened i guess uh do you is that all? oh yeah production notes wise i'll jump in when needed but i just think the big ones is that it seemed like it was high budget caps lock on just freaky film where the actors some actors are doing it because they have to by contract just that fucking that fucking gif of kermit the frog hitting a typewriter really manically and all the actors apparently just were like why why is them shut the fuck up this yeah the, the at times this movie has the energy of like tim robinson writing the script yeah um did you watch that new season oh my god most of it not all of it but boy howdy is it funny um so yeah like i mentioned i'm not going to go through this beat by beat and i think moving forward i'm with 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 movies i think i'm just gonna try and hit the broad strokes so that we can kind of have sure more thematic discussions i guess i think i think one thing this podcast has done a good job of is um like zoning in on the details of movies things that don't work uh things that do work and things like that but i would i i think it would be cool to spend more time on like 
uh, performances and mm-hmm. like broader elements and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, and also this movie is again, two and a half fucking hours long. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot of like, there's nothing. There's substance wise, not much. And so many scenes make, okay. So like we said, this movie is about a bunch of, there's a comment coming at earth. It's the size of Texas. Yep. Um, and they, it's at the beginning of the movie. They says that the impact will be eighteen days. Ooh. Or it may be longer. I don't have the direct. Oh yeah, eighteen days before it hits Earth. I know it, it's not long. as it says in my notes. Yes. Um. And uh, these fucking <laughs> NASA decides their best bet is to get oil riggers to go into space to land on the comet to drill into the comet plant a nuclear bomb and have it split into two large smaller comets that go around earth's orbit and does not directly impact them. yeah still some like lingering you know little small fragments will yeah hit. oh like, yeah it I won't get... be like a significant loss of life yeah like, in the beginning of the movie there is like a like a couple asteroids right yeah they it's hit like... new york i think you hate to see it. Yeah, I hate to see it. <laughs> it was awful. And, and, and to have that at the beginning of the movie, I was like, I know, put me in the wrong mood. Um, and this movie is also very well known for its ending scene because of the song. <laughs> oh, it used to make my this movie used to make my sister cry like a baby. Okay, sure, it's a classic. <laughs> Specifically, the scene where Liv Tyler is saying bye to her dad. Yeah, the old daddy. Um, yeah, yeah Bruce Bru- uh, Bruce Willis is the uh, we'll call him the main character for sure. I think he's the main character. Yep. Um, he he is the one. He's, he's the head of the oil rig. Yep, and he's a rough neck. He is a rough man. So first thing I wanted to point out. He, at the beginning of the movie, has a southern accent. Oh. Towards the end of the movie, doesn't have an accent anymore. Maybe he did that because he wasn't getting paid. He's like, fuck it. You know what? He just got tired towards the end of I shooting. I want to see what I can do here. What can I get away with? Um, yeah, his, uh, his daughter is like the manager of the rig, which is played by Liv Tyler. Dude, I have no idea what her role is. And I watched this film many times, and... Maybe I'm not paying attention because I'm sure they do clarify. But so, she's on the rigs dressed in like a nice dress. Often. Yes. So it's so strange why I might know what she does. I started watching this show on Amazon called The Rig, which is about an oil rig where haunted stuff happens to it. Oh, damn. I thought it was going to be like a real life, like reality, you know, like swamp people type thing. Oh, that would be good. They do that. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but but this is haunted. There is a woman in it dressed like Liv Tyler, who is like the business side of the rig. Okay. Uh, like at the beginning of the movie, where she, where we see her talking to those, uh, to those clients. individual, yeah, those clients. Um, she is there, I think, to do like the public facing stuff, okay. I can or see the that. client facing stuff. I thought she's just hanging out on no. this. No, <laughs> and her name is Grace. Uh, Bruce Willis is Harry. Ben yep. Affleck is AJ, and ben, and AJ is Borkin Grace. Yes, he is, and Bruce is not happy. No. Here's my other note. When Bruce finds out about them Borkin, 
he chases him around on an oil rig <laughs> shooting a gun. No, like full-blown shooting a shotgun. A shotgun, no less. At Ben Affleck, character name AJ, just shooting him. Oil rig. In an oil rig. Yeah. That's a classic. I think it's supposed to be like how ridiculous, but at the same time, like fucking how ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. I do. I am happy. The one thing that I can say, he doesn't stay toxic dad for the whole movie. No, no, but it, it, it lingers. <laughs> oh, it does. I said, I'm so glad we, we have, again, a dying breed of the old man fantasy. Yeah. I get to shoot whoever fucks my dad because <laughs> I'm the only one allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and we yeah so then we meet the kind of ancillary characters the people that are on his crew steve buscemi who is a phd yeah. genius who's also a massive fucking pervert and that's his only shtick is like i can't work in academia or you know doing anything is it because of... he's a pervert i think that's what they allude to oh. he's like so i have to hang out on the oil rig. cannot stand his character rock hound oh my god that's his name yeah that's it well, is that his name or nickname oh i'm sure it's his nickname i don't uh. think his first name is rock they literally name call him the hound the hound Ugh. and he's like and it's always i feel like Unfortunately, at that era of Steve Buscemi, it's playing into his like yeah. face. Yeah. Being like, look at the weird looking guy. It's in shame because he's actually a good actor. <laughs> he is. And a young Steve Buscemi wasn't all that unattractive. No. No. His um, New York firefighter days? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just, there's so many slimy scenes with him. He's really. Like, literally made me feel dirty. Very ra- like rape adjacent. Yeah. Like. Yeah. He's not Ugh. good at all. Um, you get Bear, who's a yeah. big boy, who's carrying a comically large wrench when we see him first. He's <laughs> yeah. just huge. This other guy that they briefly mention, who they it's not a major actor or anything. They briefly talk about him. He dies pretty quickly yeah. in space. Um, the blonde-haired guy? Yeah. Or, yeah, whatever. Um, AJ, who's apparently like a savant at drilling yeah, being, specifically being a roughneck um i guess in more way than one if you know what i mean hey. Hey, that's a sex joke <laughs> oh um but yeah my my exact point was why the fuck wouldn't you train astronauts to oil to 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 learn how as opposed to t- training oil riggers to be astronauts <laughs> none of them are in good shape no all of them terrible. are like chain smokers and the one thing every piece of media shows is how like rigidly yeah. in shape you need to be to be in to to deal with the conditions of space well in the movie they they train for i don't know how long because oh, it was only like two days, weeks <laughs> but they they clearly show they fail every element yeah the, the psychological element the physical element and then billy bob thornton's like you know what these are my guys I like that they failed. I like that they don't give a shit. Makes no sense. And and I think, again, like a lot of the critics or things I was reading that were positive about it was that it was a good hearted, like, I don't know, attempt at a representation of the common man. Like this is a guy, everybody's good buddy who could save the day because he, he has a good heart. And just because he's an oil rig working roughneck or whatever, he can still save the day, I guess was the point. Yeah. But, and it wouldn't be just as fun. Like, I guess it wouldn't be fun to have astronauts 
train to do drilling because yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know what's the fun and in, in humor in that um uh i wow actually in my notes i guess at first i i liked steve i liked rock hound because i said lol i love steve buscemi's character oh boy what did, that, what did he say that went away pretty fast yeah i think it's interesting like when you first see him when he's talking about like he doesn't like hanging around academics and he likes these people. That's yeah, a cool I think that's thing. what makes him so good yeah. at being on the rig because he just like knows a ton of stuff. Yeah, but then he's quickly becomes, yeah. A uh, disgusting a man. Turd. So, like, I guess, like, if we were to separate this movie into acts, the, the like beginning act of this movie is like finding out about the comet, uh, figuring out that they're like NASA trying to like figure out how they are going to survive this thing, settling on using oil riggers, and then trying to convince Harry to do it. Right. Uh, Which doesn't take that much convincing. No. Hesitant at first, but overall, it's just the whole team is like, yeah, fuck it, we'll do it. Harry has this vibe of like, I wouldn't trust anybody else to do this except me and my team. Then that's what, yeah, I think he explicitly says like, if you're, because originally it was supposed to be Harry is going to teach astronauts. That was in the plot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. You are right. You and are then right. he's like, no, 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 we'll just do it, <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> um yeah and like yeah he also has like i really like uh the like emotions on his face when he is figuring out that he's gonna have to be the one to do this and he's gonna have to be the one to go into space with a bunch of idiots i think are you talking about bruce Uh uh-huh yeah i think his acting in it is great oh yeah yeah i have no problem with his acting i have no problem with mm, Ben Affleck's acting again seems yeah. like he railed Adderall for little hours. Much, little much. Um, and then like Bruce at the beginning of the movie, his acting grows on me. I think once he starts losing the accent, yeah, it's better. <laughs> yeah, I think. I don't know. I I'm just such, and I've said this before. I think with Twelve Monkeys, like just a huge Bruce head of yeah. this era. Yeah, like '90s Bruce, so good. Yeah, and I think another thing, another thing I wanted to say at the beginning of why I want to like shift structures into like talking about like the broad beats more of the movies is I think it like our other episodes we do a really good job at like analyzing the smaller movements of action, but I would like it's with this movie because so much of it is action even if it's not like straight up like, you know, people fighting or things like that. We ask ourselves all the time on this pod, what is action meant to do? And in this movie, it kind of, it, it seems like it's supposed to galvanize and bring people together. Right. Yeah. It's a huge, we're all in it together type thing. Yeah. Film. Especially once they get on the comet. Yeah. It's actually like really, we're all in it for grace type of movie. Oh, yeah. At the end of the film especially like the entire movie is basically like we're all here to support your daughter bruce and that's about it most of harry's motivation to go into space is because he doesn't want his daughter to die and that's it and then at the end well get there it's like it's still about her like getting taken care of unfortunately yeah Yeah. (laughs) grace can't apparently function on her own and like that uh the action in this movie exists in 
a space where I don't think it has any concern for people to suspend their no. Be- uh, what is it? Disbelief. Disbelief. Yeah. It has no qualms with being fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, and that makes it fun. Yeah, that's a word <laughs> you can you can use. That's what gives me the warm milk. Yeah. Feeling is like the special effects on the asteroid and stuff. I'm just like in it like i'm just kind of like if i can yeah i can't really suspend the disbelief for it but it's still fun to just kind of like laugh at the ridiculousness the fucking scene where ben affleck drives a car in space over the cliff over over a cliff and does like a cool jump with a literal man hanging on the top of the car that's amazing oh yeah that's good stuff i mean there's plenty yeah yeah in my notes, very quickly after I wrote, I love Steve Buscemi's character, Hound, like four lines later, I write, don't like that Hound as a pervert. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we could take that away. <laughs> he could have just literally been that other guy. And they're like, you know what? He, he could have also... just been like a really smart guy on an oil rig. No, nah, no, nah, he's horny. But it's Michael Bay. And, and like, everybody needs to have, like, if you, if you rewatch Bad Boys 2, which I had the misfortune of doing recently, <laughs> I used to think that I liked that movie as an action movie. That movie so is extremely homophobic uh, at times. That sucks. Um, I and, like Bad Boys 1. And just, like, I've never seen the first one. I think I like it. You never know. It's just I watch as the most homophobic thing. In the world. I think it's pretty good, and that's like a recurring theme with his movies: having these people who are like so erratic and seem to be like a manifestation of one emotion yes. or like one character trait. Right. Every single person in this movie is like Bear is the big muscly dude. Right. Owen Wilson is like a for some reason a cowboy so also his character does nothing in the movie. nothing except be owen wilson yeah he has like a limited amount of lines very little plot significance at so all my favorite scene is when uh harry is like if we're going out there we're gonna need my guys right. mind you they pick nasa picks him up from his oil rig and takes him directly there and then we cut over and all of his Guys are just living their everyday lives already. Not somehow. on the rig. Not yeah, on the rig. Like so Owen. Weird. Owen Wilson's character is literally on a horse. Yeah, just doing his thing somewhere. Uh, Steve Buscemi is in a bar being creepy of with course, a girl. Yeah. Like, where did? How did you guys get there so fast? Uh, I don't know. But I, I did make a note about this. This what I call the life of slice or slice. Life slice. of slice. That's it. Slice of life montage of the 90s i loved that i feel like that doesn't happen that often anymore with like character development in movies just like yeah cut scene and then you get 30 seconds montage you get 30 seconds of each character just being as ridiculous like their everyday life of course they're being fucking weird and yeah and all the all the scenes are like giving you the exact idea of what they're bringing to the team right right (laughs) steve buscemi may be smart but he's kind of got a boner Uh and kind (laughs) of Yeah, he's got a boner. Um, Life of Slice is my action movie about a, a underdog uh, pizza company. I thought that's yeah. You've been yeah. working on that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I guess like we we the 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 point of this movie or the point of the beginning of this movie, I guess, is to kind of like 
show us the stakes. Yeah, <laughs> um, everyone's got something to lose. Yeah, comments yeah. coming. Mostly it's Grace. It's mostly Grace. But I do think, yeah, the movie at the end of the day is like an old man fantasy of like saving his daughter. Yeah, yeah. which is, it becomes less patriarchal kind of Mm -hmm. it starts out very sexist oh yeah i like when bruce willis is watching them hook up Uh uh-huh just like Uh i felt very uncomfortable about that because ben was being real intimate with her oh yeah and her dad's just watching Uh and getting pissed about it and then all his boys come around and be like hey man they gotta be horny it's kind of cool that they're fucking (laughs) like they're just like we all raised her we're happy, <laughs> and in a in a, a fucked up way, I did get attached to these idiots. I like that. I even have my notes. I said it's fucked up, but I like the collective dad feeling. Yeah, They're yeah. Like, like I liked Bear. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Oh, uh, we're who is the guy that like operated? Once they get onto the comet. He like operates the 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 drill for a while and he dies yeah, he by explodes. getting blown up. Who, that might be Chick Chapel. That yep, you're played right. By Will Patton. You're right. Yeah. Oh, I completely forgot about him. Yeah, I forgot Fucking, about him. Fucking um uh Bruce Willis's right hand man played by Will Patton, who I love. Yeah, he's good. Um yeah. Will Patton is in a bunch of like he's normally like a side character, uh in but he takes on a bunch of really interesting roles. Like he's in um the Mothman Prophecies, uh-huh. which is a movie that I adore because it's very creepy. He does he narrates a lot of Stephen King's audiobooks because mm. uh, he he's in a bunch of Stephen King movies Maybe, or shows yeah. or whatever. Um, also, in Remember the Titans, yeah, um, yeah, I really like him. Um, no, he doesn't die though. It's oh. a it's a it's another it's another guy. Oh, I wrote down the wrong one then. Um, but I guess it. It doesn't really matter, but um, when they're going when they're going through their whole like psychological analysis, um, I re- I I really liked this kind of like going back and forth between Steve Buscemi, Owen Wilson, Bear, uh, and like all these guys. My I wrote down my favorite quote where Owen Wilson says, "Out of nowhere, he just says, i 'I'll tell you one thing.'" It drives me nuts that people think Jethro Tull is a person in a band. <laughs> that is a good... Whoever wrote that... Yeah. I hope it was J.J. Abrams. Yeah, that was actually good. I thought that was very funny. Hell, it could have been Owen himself. I, get, I mean, yeah, people forget. Owen, he's a funny guy. I think so. Um, I like him. He doesn't show up in that much anymore. Yeah. That was like a one of the few laugh out loud scenes. Was it? Was this like before he got pretty popular with like Wes Anderson? And oh stuff? yeah. Oh, okay. I would have ninety eight. Yeah. Yeah. Because he did Bottle Rocket with Wes Anderson as his breakout. Like that was his first time and acting. That, that was like his first movie, Wes Anderson. That was his first one. Yeah. Okay. And that was nineties, but this had to be pretty early. Um. Yeah. So again, we see what these, what all of their friends. Uh, all of all the people we're going to be spending time with are about in this psycholo- in this psychological analysis scene, and boy, do I really like that! I also really like when <laughs> Bruce goes to Billy Bob. He's like, "My crew's got a couple demands." Oh yeah, and they, and again, each one gives you a slice into sort of 
Isn't it like uh, a hound wants like $100,000 or something? Yeah, he and he just... goes to a loan shark? Yeah. <laughs> or no, 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 no. He goes to a loan shark and gets like ten grand because oh, he thinks okay. he's going to die. Right, right, right. And immediately goes to a strip club. And just club. spends it, yeah. Yeah, so they're all kind of living it up before they're big. Ship out. Yeah, and how they get prepared to go into space, honestly, I don't think the movie does a great job of it. No, it's quick. And again, there's plenty of holes, and I think that's the reason it's quick. It's just like you're not going to be able to train for this. They, like, fly them around at, like, top speeds on a plane to, like, get used to, like, gravity. They swim and, like... And they have, like, simulations of the the rigging, like, the the drilling and stuff. Right, they have the drill. And a big... A big dynamic is that, like, yes, this chick guy is, like, basically Bruce's, like, secondhand man, but you get the feeling before you see, before Bruce finds out that AJ is messing around with Grace, you do get the feeling that he kind of sees a lot of himself in AJ. Yeah. And there's a big dynamic of, like, AJ is very confident, he's very hot-headed, and he doesn't like being told what to do. And like in the simulation scenes when he's drilling and stuff, he's like, no, give me some time. Give me some time. And then he fails. And right. so there's that whole like back and forth. And there's clearly, you can see that Bruce was probably the same as him yeah. when he was a kid. And they point out as much. Yeah. And, um, and it, it as much becomes like almost like this father son thing as uh-huh. he's doing a father daughter thing. And it gets messy. Now that I'm thinking about it, this movie basically has two acts on the ground and, and in, in space. space. Well, that's it. And like we've already <laughs> run through like the on the ground. Yeah. Because nothing significant happens. They're all bumbling like idiots. Uh-huh. They fail all their tests. And NASA says, good to go. <laughs> the details of the plan are this. They are going in two ships. Yes. They are. Uh, their plan is to link up with a Russian satellite international it's like the one of the international space stations yeah, to, to refuel get to refuel and then slingshot around the moon mm-hmm. to get to the comet yep and they're both going to then land on a comet yeah so um now we're mo- okay so the the plan is they're going in two they're uh, they're the uh, two spaceships uh they're refueling at a russian Space station. This is where we meet Peter Stormare. Yes, Lev. And they're slingshotting around uh, the moon to land on the comet. Yes. And the plan is that both of them are going to land on the comet. But obviously that goes way wrong even well before then. Oh, yeah. The um, space station blows up. Yeah. Um, Spoiler. So before we get into the second act, we actually have our first ever sponsor, a yes. commando prompt. So we are going to quickly have a brief word from them, and we will get back to the show in a second. Do you have trouble getting out of bed in the morning? Do you hit the snooze button on your alarm over and over? Introducing Wake, an Indigo Technologies product. Wake is a simple bracelet to wear around your wrist or ankle when you sleep that increases blood flow to the brain in order to feel energized when that pesky alarm goes off in the morning. The trick to springing out of bed in the morning is getting a good night's sleep. That's where Wake comes in. 
By increasing the blood flow to your brain, Wake helps you feel more relaxed when you settle in for the night, making drifting off to sleep as easy as just closing your eyes. That's not all. As you continue to use Wake, it will get accustomed to your circadian rhythm, the time that your body naturally feels tired, and more importantly, when you're ready to get up in the morning. No settings or features to fuss with. Wake naturally conforms to your body without any interface. Say goodbye to sleeping medication. With Wake, you'll be feeling rested and more ready to take on the day than ever before. Wake, courtesy and patented by Indigo Technologies. Is that good? Perfect. Will it work? Work? Yeah, I think so. You think you'll get it? Honestly, I don't know. And we are back. Um, thank you for listening through that. Um, so yeah, so now they're in space. <laughs> yeah. Now they're in space. And I was like, oh, maybe things aren't going to go so bad so fast. <laughs> uh, but they do because yeah. they get to the Russian space station. And what happens? Well, it's, again, every character is bumbling for lack of a better word no one's taking it seriously no and lev who they meet is the russian guy that's like commanding this thing yeah and he seems like he has his shit together but only on his terms and everything is held up by duct tape yeah like this space station is falling apart and you don't you start to get there are and you don't really realize this until later you get little moments of hound developing Uh. his what the movie calls space dementia right and i had to look that up it's like a real it thing. is a real thing it's called but it's called like euphoria or something right, like that right. and people can go crazy from a just lack of training for oxygen and blah, yeah blah, blah. and pe- uh it's more or less like people becoming uh they're like overwhelmed by the vastness right. of space more or less. And you just go nuts. Uh, <laughs> and so, so do you think Lev has that? No, Steve, uh, rock hound. No, no. But I'm wondering, like we meet this uh, guy. No, I think Lev is just a fun dude. He's just a weird guy. <laughs> it's like absolutely also a crazy And guy. becomes integral yes. to the success. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for no apparent reason, they're refueling and the whole place catches on fire. Well, for an apparent reason, uh, because uh, AJ is tasked with watching some sort of gauge. I g- yeah, I guess. To make sure yeah. it doesn't, and the comms don't work. Right. So they can't hear him saying that it's going way too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess there's an apparent reason. It didn't have to happen. And in this scene, was. Harry is very fine with letting AJ stay behind. Yeah, that's crazy. He's cutthroat. I think he's got. His... I think yeah. I think he's very much just like fuck it. I just want Grace to live. Right. Things are different now that we're in space. Yeah. Um. So at first you think like maybe that's the end of AJ. I yeah. I was like. And Lev is he about to die? Him. Yeah. I I was shocked that Lev makes it to the end. But, yeah. Uh. But thank God he does, because he kind of kept me going through this No, he's a comic relief that's also grounded in, again, it doesn't have to be perverted. It doesn't have to be, like, rude or misogynist. This is how you can write, and he plays a really good part, because he's he's apparently been alone for a long Long time. time. And he's just excited to see people. Yeah, and also annoyed that people are fucking up his shit. Right, that's a (laughs) particular guy. 
Um, but he's great. He's like one of the only redeeming characters. He, he yeah, yeah. I guess AJ's not terrible. No. And Bear, I like. Yeah. I like Bear. Uh, but nobody, nobody dies at the space station, as far no, as I can tell. They all escape. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. So then they're on their two ships on their way. Yeah. Uh, and then. And then, then people start dying. Oh, I yeah. forget what goes wrong with the slingshot around the moon, but yeah. something goes wrong. They go basically into like an asteroid field. Yeah, they just come in like way too high. Yeah, like they're and this is I said like it's it's classic. I think like Michael Bay, but just the action of the asteroid field and space and landing on this asteroid is kind of cool. Like it's it's very extra and they're supposed to do i thought this was an interesting tidbit the slingshot around the moon is a nine and a half g's for 11 minutes oh wow which i look i looked up what a g is and that's basically like going zero to 60 in like a millisecond or something yeah it's like insane and they do show yeah they show some of that yeah i mean that is maybe the most scientific this right. movie gets I is that, that small line yeah but yeah so they go in they're going in too hot and so they both essentially crash the burn sequence is really hard to follow it's yeah. really hard to understand what is going on it's and like what a transformers is going movie on. yeah um because it's so shaky yeah it's shaky the, sh- the classic shaky cam is out yeah it's really dark yeah, and you can t- you can tell that they're kind of like on a stationary set, and yeah. they're like fucking with it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they're supposed to they get in they get into this asteroid field. The poor second ship with AJ Owen Wilson and Bear just get its front windows blown yeah. out, and the poor two pilots get sucked out, and they crash. Owen Wilson dies in the process. Pour one out for my guy. Yeah. Uh, but some somehow Bear and AJ live and right. live. Yeah. So they're the three that are like kind of everyone thinks is dead. There's no comms, and the whole time like NASA's trying to reach them. Yeah. Um. And so Grace is like in with NASA and is distraught. Yeah. So now they now they think, now they think that. They're basically down to one drill. Right. And they don't have AJ's expertise in drilling. Right. Um, how did you feel about kind of... How did you feel about when... Well, first of all, they land in a part of the comment where they're not supposed to land because it's all iron. Yeah. Or palladium. Uh, something they can't drill through. Yeah. Uh, or ferrite, they say. I, I think know. one of the three doesn't matter. How did you feel about this sequence of events where they like the drill bits keep busting, and then they're like, "We're just gonna blow the nuke and hope it works." No, that, I mean, and, and they uh, they rightfully say that's ridiculous. Yeah, they, Bruce gets real mad. Bruce stops that from happening. So NASA back home is like, "Okay, the drills don't work. We'll just blow it up." Yeah. I mean, the whole concept of the nuclear bomb is ridiculous, in a way, it yeah. seems. <laughs> I don't know why all the, even Deep Impact, the yeah, whole thing was too. a nuclear bomb. Yeah, so in my mind, I'm like, this is pretty dumb. <laughs> I 
guess it. I guess that's the way I felt, but I also was like totally, at this point, just I don't know, pretty spaced out watching it. It's this movie doesn't do a great job at like recognizing the scope and size of the comic. Right. I guess that's the major question I would have. There's so many questions about what does a nuclear bomb do first of mm-hmm. all like I, I i might have an idea but mm-hmm. like yeah to what scale and size are we blowing something up because on the ground it looks massive yeah it doesn't look like it's gonna do shit but even if it did i still don't understand and like the parts where you see aj driving around it's like how big is this right. thing it this feels huge. bigger than texas yeah it looks like the size of the moon yeah like it and there's like alien crystals around yeah it doesn't look a- at all familiar to um, what we would think an asteroid looks like yeah i just had like a really hard time following all of the space stuff to be yeah. honest it is not a movie to be questioned and i and <laughs> that's not what we're here to do you just watch and enjoy <laughs> Um, yeah, I, so, like, I think, I think, obviously, Harry makes the right call of, like, being, uh, Superman. And also, like, fucking, the president's just, like, Air Force One flying over and is, like, telling all the people at NASA, just blow it now. And it's just, like, yeah, it's just, like, it, it just feels very removed. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely say there's... It's and and we said before the podcast, this is two and a half hours long, and yeah, it every, felt like quick into failing. Scene, <laughs> well, every scene is rushed. Yeah, this scene about like making decisions about, and maybe that's the point. It's supposed to feel rushed, but I had like you said, it's removed in the sense that I just didn't feel anything about. I'm like, okay, they're yeah, just they're changing their minds, and there are ways to do. This whole movie is like it's a race against the clock. And there, and there are ways to do that effectively and not feel like the clock is at the forefront right, of the movie right. the whole time. Speed comes to mind. Right. Um, they draw that out, clearly. And that's literally about a ticking bomb. Right. And this one has, when they like set the bomb to go off, there's also <laughs> a comical amount of time. Yeah. Um, what is that, like a minute, two? It's so long. Like... <laughs> It's really weird. And that, like, they have a... Before they go... Sorry, y'all. My mic was cutting out there, so we had to stop the show for a little bit. Um, What the hell was I talking about? Oh. uh, Before they go into space, they say there's, like, a cutoff point for them to blow the bomb because right. if they do it afterwards it won't be enough time for the comet to be diverted okay that does add up yeah scientifically or story-wise yeah uh, mostly story-wise <laughs> i can't say anything scientifically um we that happens in this fucking second act that the second it's just this is the action yeah is just um have it 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 is action by way of not knowing what the hell is going on most of the time Mm -hmm. and things being very shaky like literally shaky yeah um and people just yelling a lot yeah 
I and, guess like like the whole sequence of them arming the bomb preemptively and like Bruce pulling the gun on him. Yeah, the gun, and then he's also just gonna smash the timer. Yeah, on yeah, the yeah. nuclear bomb. Yeah, with like a, a again a comically large wrench. And uh, the guy that plays like the colonel on the pilot uh, on the plane that like or plane spaceship that stays intact, very quickly goes from like. I'm in charge here. I'm in the military. I'm telling you what to do too. I respect you so damn yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, he's he's convinced or persuaded by Bruce that they'll disarm the at the end, at the end of the movie. He's like, your husband, your dad is the bravest man I've ever met. Again, it's just the whole movie is is the the dad fantasy of winning respect from my fellow dads and mm-hmm. and protecting my daughter. Oh no, he says, I want to shake the hand of the father of the most oh the bravest God. man I ever met. It's so dumb. Um, so they disarm the nuclear bomb. Yeah, and then there's also a part uh, where there's like incoming asteroids from someplace, and a man named Gruber dies, and they linger on it for a while. And this is literally the first time you hear the name Gruber. I don't even remember this. And at I all. wrote in my notes, "Who is Gruber? I have no attachment to him at all." Who's Gruber? N- don't know. I like. Is he on the asteroid? He's on the team with him, yeah. And he gets hit by one of the asteroids. <laughs> and he dies, but I don't care. It didn't need to be a two and a half hour movie. Oh, wow. I literally wrote in my movies, this whole movie is about one girl. <laughs> it's it. It's the whole movie. It's or I wrote in my notes. Not saving in my... Private Grace. Oh, my God. That's a good... That's good. That's what you it is. You got a lot of good ones. Um, so... In between all this time, we see uh, or AJ doing the cool ramp, yeah, jump. Um, they like they're stoked as hell once they're finally like they get together, yeah, and like they're like, all right, now we drilling, baby, right? Because those cars that they're driving around have the drills on them. Mm-hmm. That also and and, and the extra drill bits. It's very confusing. These drills are ginormous. Huge. There's no way they're carrying around a drill on these little cars. Um, and they like, they have to drill 200 feet. Right. It seems long. Mm-hmm. And they were at like 78 before AJ gets there. Right. Um, and then they realize that like the explosive or something is like it's damaged because of the way they they disarmed it it can't be remotely detonated yeah so one of them's gonna have to stay behind in between all this hound is tied up oh yeah because he's going nuts he's got the space dementia yeah yeah he lost his mind because he started shooting like a a A minigun in my notes why do they have guns attached to the front of the cars were they expecting to see aliens I get the the only thing that makes sense to me is that they were gonna use the guns to like break up some of the rock oh, formations, maybe. but like that's not what. What? I they have like massive guns on these ships, like or almost cars. like Gundam mech guns. They're huge, and so he's like laughing maniacally and shooting into space. And he's like, well, and then like when one of his friends dies, he's like laughing. He's like, bye right. bye. Right. Yeah, so he's gone. Yeah. Um. Thank God. Get him. Just get him out of Wait, there. I do have a question. But go on. Go on. Please, please. So somebody ask. has to stay behind. Yes. What does happen to Steve? 
He stays tied up for the remainder of the film. He doesn't come home? Oh, he comes home, but he's duct tape until they land. I don't remember this. Yeah, he is duct tape for the I rest of the movie. I would love to see a sequel. What happens to Rock? How? Oh, they let him out at the end, and, and he fine? like makes out with that stripper, if you remember, on the tarmac. But then, like, <laughs> is he okay? Apparently, he's fine. But yeah, no, he's literally the whole the rest of the time in space and in as they get into orbit of the Earth, uh, he is duct tape and he's just shouting one-liners. Yeah, because he's like, "Yo, let me out!" and like all that stuff. I forgot. I like that. Oh my god. Yeah, so they had to pick fucking straws to see who's gonna remain behind. Of course, AJ gets it. Yeah. Of course, Harry's like, "I'll go with you." Yeah, to drop you off. Of course, you on the back. Harry fucking disconnects his oxygen thing so that he makes him get into this weird space elevator that they take down to the comet. Yep, so so that AJ can't do it. And then we get my sister's saddest scene. Yep. Steph, this one's for you, where Grace is saying bye to 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 da. Yeah. Daddy. Yep. Um it's a good scene. It is good. I actually genuinely didn't think it was that. It's cheesy, but I didn't think it was bad. This was like, yeah, this was like the scenes where I was like, this is why people, this is why Bruce Willis is good right. at his job. Yeah, he is good at, and apparently he, in the production notes, Luke was on the other side of the camera when he's saying goodbye to Grace as a photo of his real daughter in real life. Oh, yeah, to make him cry. Oh, that is so sad. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you see these multitudes of Bruce coming from, like, 12 monkeys into mm, this. Yeah, yeah. And, like, dude, and, like, and then also Die Hard. Like, yeah. he has layers to him. I think he's great in this era. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he's the one who's supposed to start the bomb. Almost biffs it. Yeah. Because he like gets knocked down or something. Yeah. It's He's, very dramatic. Yeah. And literally they come to like a point one second. Of course. Uh and that really bothers me. They do I it don't know the, why. It, it bothers me too. They do it with the wire cutting for the nuclear bomb when it Oh my god. Fucking It goes below a second. Where he doesn't even know which wire, he just it's guesses. It's the classic. He just no, goes on classic. intuition. He has, yeah, he has the pliers over one color, and then very last second switches it to the other color. I truly want to know if bombs are like that. that yeah, it would be interesting. If they know. have colored wire. I bet. Yeah. I would I would guess for the bomb maker that it probably helps yeah. to not explode yourself. I would imagine... And I bet it's also really clear if anyone knows like which ones you're supposed to. <laughs> which and this guy's acting. It's not like, just a guess. No, and this guy's taking apart a nuclear bomb. Like he does know his shit. Yeah. And then he gets to the end and is like, eh, I don't know this one. Is that Gruber? No, it's uh, that's the, the that's colonel. the colonel. That's the colonel. I don't know who Gruber is. Oh my god, he's like with the colonel at some point. Pour one out for Gruber. Gruber. Yeah. Anyway, spoiler alert: they save the Earth. Everybody's fine. They make kind it. Kind of. Yeah. Paris is no longer exists. Harry's dead. Owen Wilson's dead. Some other guy that doesn't get a name is dead. Gruber's dead. A lot of yeah, a lot of them died. But then of Decent course, amount, yeah. They have the really cool scene walking 
walking out the oh yes but before that when they're he's trying they're tri- they can't get the space uh the, the spaceship engine to start and i was hooting and hollering as lev is fucking hitting it with a wrench yeah, yeah, to get it going He's, he really is the best character. I do really like, it, but, like his character. And we totally skipped over because, again, we're not going beat by beat on how they crash landed on this yeah, asteroid. Yeah. How do they leave on a completely destroyed plane? Yeah, because they don't land well. They they show the wings crashing off. They crash basically as well, not as bad as the one that really gets totaled, but, but totally, almost bad. When they land, there's this this sort of awe of like, we're not going home. Yeah, yeah. And then they go home. <laughs> and I don't understand how. Like, pretty safely, too. All of a sudden, this ship's just like, yeah, it's fine. A couple scratches. Yeah, so they make it. They they fucking make it home. In the, in, in, in the grand scheme of, we'll call them. Let's say to be broad, space movies. Yeah, not my favorite. Not the worst. Not the no. No, no. But I'm saying I like it probably a little more than you do, just because I am just like a sucker for that era. Yeah, and like I like like I liked Independence Day, and you more did not. I liked it. I thought we disagreed a little bit on like. I think we both had a good time. Okay. Yeah, I had a good time watching this. Is a yeah. good way to put it. Yeah. I don't like it. I had a good time watching Armageddon. Yeah. I'll give it that. I don't like it, but I don't like dislike it. Yeah. I didn't like necessarily feel the length of it. Yeah. Um. It's a strange feeling movie. Much stranger than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Because this... I, I guess I just I've literally always associated this movie in my mind with my sister crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie to like put on in the background and cook take a couple breaks forget you're even watching it that's true it's like an easy movie to have on the background yeah and it's always good to have like a comfort movie that's really the only reason i liked it otherwise yeah. it's pretty bad i just i it's just startling to me how much i did not know what the plot what's going is. on yeah. yeah that's a high budget movie that like again i think it just happens a lot with movies we watch like it's a high budget all in special effects Mm. and then like writing and continuity just kind of goes out the window so to give you like a comparison to deep impact deep impact spreads its time between the at the real astronauts going into space to deal with the comet and then people on the ground. Okay, yeah. So you get a lot of time with people on the ground. And and again, that spreading of time helps. This is just like, yeah, the asteroid's coming to, like tomorrow. And nobody cares about people on Earth. And it's just like, <laughs> and that's it, and we got to go. You do have like a couple scenes where the news leaks out. Right. And people start kind of like there's losing panic. their minds. Yeah. Um, but, but there's, again, there's no weight other than on saving grace. Oh. That's it. Saving grace. She's the only one that there's weight that anyone cares about. No, I'm saying like the the word the the oh, saving, saving grace. grace. Yeah. Bruce had to save his own grace, mm. literally and metaphorically. Mm. Interesting. See, this is what this podcast is all about. <laughs> I mean, there is some interesting elements to that, but at the end yeah. of the day, it's like old man fantasy. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I don't give a shit about. Yeah, that. she's like basically our only tether to the rest of the planet. That's it. <laughs> all the guys go up there. For like her, there's like yeah, we're gonna do it because we basically raised her and like, yeah, 
It's kind of dumb. Am I misremembering, or did Harry spend some time in jail at some point? Oh, I don't and know about that. Was he at any point absent in Raising Grace? Because I know the mom left early. I was going to say, there's they clearly established that like, he had to raise her on his own. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's like this daddy sort of issue, <laughs> if you want to call it that. We all got daddy issues. But I don't know about jail. I'm a, I'm probably just like with his mouth and his attitude, I wouldn't be surprised. Jeez. But he be, he goes from southern to northern in this right. <laughs> or I should say, he goes from southern to regular Bruce. Yeah, I think it, all things that with like what his contract made him do, he, he did a good amount of good acting. Yeah, yeah, I could I can imagine like just getting tired. He could have easily just hung it up and be like, "Fuck it." Yeah, <laughs> like, he's like, "I know this movie's gonna make a ton of money," and I and I got literally like kneecapped in right. my contract right. on this movie. I wonder what the other two movies were because it was a three deal package. Was with... it gonna be a, like a trilogy? No, no, it's just with that studio. Ah, uh, okay. So I, you'd have to look at what that studio did at the same time. Maybe it was also. I wonder if they were all like disaster movies. Did he do a movie that turned into a PS One game called Apocalypse? Mm, I don't think so i used to play a ps1 demo disc i mean the diehard games were big diehard one two and three games Mm -hmm. no this one you you shoot like zombie type people and it's bruce willis it's like that laura croft era of like putting the literal actor oh my god i don't in the game i feel like i have a very vague i would need to know what the movie is actually called I think it's Apocalypse. I actually am now having... Here it is. Oh, my... Yes. I don't think that's a movie. Oh, they just did a straight-to-game actor. I don't think that is a movie. I remember seeing that cover all the time at Babbage's and never getting it because even then I thought it looked bad. Yeah, it was bad. (laughs) For all those listening, this is a... A Bruce Willis PS1 game that oh, I, Polygon I, Bruce Willis baby. I guess was not a movie. Uh, when did that game come out? I'm gonna guess '96. I am just scrolling. Yeah, that was just a oh, game. '98. That was just a game. He played a man named Trey Kincaid. <laughs> this came out the same year as Armageddon, so he was riding some sort of high. Oh, poor boy. Those Die Hard games are actually pretty good. I never played. Um, so the uh, Die Hard 1 game was like you're going through every level of Nakatomi Plaza and just killing terrorists. Okay. And then the Die Hard, I don't remember the third one, but the Die Hard 2 game was like a gun con game. But does it have anything to do with the movie? Yeah, they're in the wow. same setting, but okay. it doesn't follow the plot at all. Gotcha. You're just Bruce Willis. You're just Bruce Willis. Um, I think the second movie we're doing for this disaster month will be more grounded. Okay. It is hard doing... With action. With action, but it's also hard doing a movie, a specifically like a comet disaster movie, because like we said at the beginning, what the hell are you supposed to do? Like realistically, yeah. what are you supposed to do? Michael Bay answered that question by coming up with an absolute apeshit plot (laughs) 
with oil riggers but realistically what are you supposed to right. do not... and that's what kind of the next movie we're going to watch greenland kind of talks about because it follows one family gotcha and gotcha. it goes into what we're talking about with the government having doomsday contingencies right Which that's like the whole movie yeah. um it's it's actually like i've read tons of reviews about it and people are like it's surprisingly great so i hope you like it when's it from 2000 i think excellent, excellent. or i'm sorry 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 2020 gotcha much gotcha, different gotcha. <laughs> 20 years different. um cool a new movie all right yeah i th- i think i think you and spencer will have a good time excellent um what was your favorite part of armageddon i love the slice of life sequences but what about life of slice <laughs> i like the life of slice character too that you're developing no i liked I I felt really cozy with all the comedy in the movie. Yeah, I mean, did. outside I, of the I was, pervy, I was laughing. Yeah, outside the pervy nature of Rockhound, <laughs> I like showing these. Again, I think what the movie was trying to do, like showing these down to earth, everyday guy, yeah, characters like save the day. I think they're funny sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes just obnoxious, but like I like. I like the slice of life elements before they go into space. The space sequences is interesting mm-hmm. in a Transformers way, but otherwise that's like the movie kind of stops there. Yeah, yeah. What about you? The Jethro Toll line. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> the comedy in it is good. When it happens, it's like some of the writing was surprisingly okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think it means that there are nine writers, but only five are in the credits? I think that means a lot of what the writers are are striking about now. Okay. I think that crediting... I, I mean, I'm coming from a place in video games, so maybe a little bit different, but there's like a pretty significant problem with... Just because working in video games has, has such high turnover that you might not be around for the end uh, of the project but if you're around for the majority of it you might just not be credited yeah if you sucks. left before it comes out right right or um, yeah they take ideas but you don't ever really get paid yeah. or you're never really on the yeah like, contract like that shit sucks yeah that crediting stuff seems common unfortunately yes <laughs> yeah i just thought that was interesting yeah um but yeah, how did you feel about the new format that we're I'm trying to do? Uh, it's nice. I felt like it, it gives room for a lot more general discussion of like movie making. Yeah. Instead of and and again, I don't think this was a good movie to recap point to point anyway. Like yeah. some movies just aren't. They're linear, but watching it doesn't feel linear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it's helpful for especially action films that don't need moment to moment recap yeah uh do you want me to say now what i have planned for our theme after disaster movies yeah my uh the next one we are going to do i am calling it action of words okay is a theme that i am doing everything i can to connect it to action it's movies where all the action is verbal gotcha i figured as much can Um, you give an example so the two movies we're doing is Michael Clayton, oh. which is maybe the only perfect film that exists. Ooh. George Clooney, it is 
exceptional. Okay. And the other movie is called Small Engine Repair, which is based off of a play. Uh, so it's, it's like very snappy with its dialogue. Interesting. And that's the kind of one the, I'm getting the, at. Yeah, the action. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. This was our ninth episode. We're yeah, almost at so. ten. Big ten. We're almost That's ten like a years season. old. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much. Um, next time we record, I'll be hot off vacation, baby. So I'm gonna be relaxed as yeah. shit. Yeah, and thank you to our sponsors. Yes, thank you, uh, Indigo Technologies, for sponsoring this one. Um, and yeah, uh, I've. Uh, uh, just to comment on that on the sponsor, I've used the band. We both got the bands uh, for uh, for doing this pod, and I gotta say, so far it's been helping me sleep. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, thank you very much again, and good night, and leave uh, cookies out for Santa.